Don't get it twisted. This isn't your typical podcast. This is Typical Twist, the greatest show on earth. Get your popcorn ready, as our guests are sure to blow your mind. And now your hosts, the twisted men themselves, Crispy Creamin, Joshua Jefferson, and Tony Jolloy. Josh is out enjoying some time with his friends. Uh, do you remember where he went, Tony? I actually don't. I think he went bike riding, didn't he? And bike I was riding actually gonna somewhere. Pretend, I was going to pretend to be Joshua Jefferson, but I thought, no, nah, I better not do that because I don't have Josh's voice. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's Crispy and Tony. So um, we got a lot to talk about, actually. Uh, the world is kind of in disarray right now. And a lot of people are scared about the future. A lot of people are scared about their bank accounts. Uh, people are scared about their retirement. And all the people we thought we could trust seem to be not so trustworthy. So where do we begin? Exactly. You know, I at, at this point, um, one of the things that I've kind of been seeing um, pop up a lot is Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Did I say that right? Mar-a-Lago? Yeah, I think so. I think he did, actually. Yeah. His Mar-a-Lago home was raided by the FBI for some classified documents, per se. Well, I think also, too, they were looking for extra Diet Pepsi. They said he stole some from the cafeteria, I think. So. What was that, Tony? I'm teasing. I'm teasing. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you definitely have heard about that, and I'm assuming most of you guys listening have, too. Um, Pretty much what I want to say is... I just think it's a little fishy. Right before the midterms, um, we're waiting on a, a message from him. We're waiting on a decision from him whether he's running or not. And I think this is a little bit of an intimidation factor. He's like, hey, fall in line or we're going to do this. And like me and Chris was talking too, guys, I think that this pretty much seals the deal too. I think Trump will... I think this right here, if Trump was on the fence, if he was on the fence about running, which I don't, I don't know if he was actually, I think he probably was already set on running, but if he was on the fence, this for sure, in my opinion, I think this for sure, just the only way you're going to stop him from running is they better hope they have enough evidence because prison's the only way, prison's the only way to stop him now. I mean, (laughs) yeah. And the FBI seems to be becoming a political weapon rather than an actual organization that fights crime and or investigates crime. Um, and from what we see um, back in, what was that, 2016, 2017, with Hillary Clinton and her emails and her phones and laptops and whatever, is the FBI destroys that evidence. Yet, I don't know, we're just seeing not very much transparency. And personally, I'm not going to defend Trump and run out here and say he didn't do anything wrong because they might have found something. But it seems like they're hiding it. I mean, they sealed all the evidence. They're not releasing anything to the public. And, yeah, I just think it was a whole nothing burger. In my, in my opinion, I mean, I could be wrong, obviously. I mean, I'm not saying for sure because I don't know either. But I would almost bet, and I, I mean, literally $100,000 that they found zero. And that's why, because here's the way I look at it, Chris, is if they did find anything... I mean, to me, that would already be out there. That would already be like the top story, the hot topic. But I yep. feel like this was more 
this was more of a show of power. I think Biden was definitely behind it. I know Nancy Pelosi was behind it. You can just see it in her eyes whenever she does interviews. And they are scared of Trump. They're scared of him. They can sit there and laugh about it and say they're not all day long. But at the end of the day, you don't pursue somebody this heavy. I mean, we're talking, it's been literally a year and a half since the so-called yeah. January 6th riot. To me, it was a lot more peaceful, even at its worst, than the BLM protests at their best. So, well, apparently, this isn't in any relation to the Capitol riot. Apparently, this is all about classified documents that Trump stole. Exactly. And he's been flushing yeah. them down his toilet, <laughs> and yada, yada, yada. And somehow, the news sources have all the inside information on this. I'm not buying this it. Is- it sounds a little fishy to me. And this is my thing, too, and I'm glad you said that because, you know, I've had friends that are on the left say, well, you know, Trump, they got evidence about Trump on January 6th. You know, this right here even seals the deal even more for me that they have zero evidence on Trump on January 6th. That's why they wanted to go in here and do a raid because they're hoping to find anything they possibly can to prosecute him. Like, that's what this was. This was them hoping that they could come in and find their golden key like and that's why they even busted his safe open they busted his safe open and of course trump was cool and calm of course trump can afford a new safe anytime he wants it but i mean but actually i think if i'm not mistaking any any damage caused by the authorities the government has to replace all that stuff anyway so i don't know why you wouldn't just say mr trump can you open the safe for me like but see they don't want to do that because obviously they want to show their power they want to like make the world think that trump's a bad person and the way Trump just handled himself and is still handling himself, I think this shows that he has nothing to worry about. I mean, Trump, I mean, Trump's good at covering up his feelings, but he doesn't seem like a person who is scared. He doesn't seem like a person who is nervous. He honestly, whenever, the, from what I have seen anyways, he was more confused about why they did what they did and thought it was rather kind of just, he was more shocked at yeah. the fact that they... <laughs> And I will also say this, guys, and um, most of you probably agree, but for anybody out there on the left, Trump is not an idiot. Regardless of how you feel, what you think, fucking smart. He's not going to get caught lacking with all this. Like, an FBI raid probably isn't going to do much. And let alone, is this evidence ever going to be public? And is anything ever going to come from this raid? I think that the FBI better hope to God that they find something because if they don't they're gonna have a pretty big issue on their hands because if you can raid a former president's house based off of what evidence or what information hearsay what is stopping them from doing that to me right now for what i do i mean it's going to come down to a point to where the 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 united states is going to turn into a third world country because the american people are going to have to rise up and they're going to have to overthrow the justice department the fbi the government and if they keep pushing the way they're pushing that's exactly what they're going to end up with and i don't care how strong the fbi thinks they are i don't care how strong the government thinks they are when you piss off 350 million people and then 350 million people start to slowly migrate together and yes i'm i'm saying that because i think that a lot of Democrats and Republicans will come together for a common cause. Now, I'm not saying that we'll believe the same way by no means, but when you start invading people's houses and when you start having no reason to do that and no legal evidence to do that, the more you do that, even though the left is really happy that Trump got raided, that's your far left. 
there is a lot of people, and I do mean a lot of people, who are still very, very central on both sides. You know, I consider myself actually one of them people. I'm not like one of these people who, well, whatever Trump says, I do. Like, I'm not brainwashed to that extent. And I feel like there's a lot of Democrats the same way with Biden. I think there's a lot of people out there that are on the left, that vote left anyways, that are very unhappy with Biden and probably never want to see him become president again. So Yeah, it's really hard to have any good thing to say about Biden and anything he's done. Now, you guys in this episode are going to find out a lot about where I actually stand. Um, I'd say I lean a little bit more conservatively, just ideology-wise, yet yeah. I read things like the Inflation Reduction Act, and you can agree with some of the things that are on there. And you can look at current issues and see with an unbiased lens, and it's so much easier to filter through all the bullshit when I don't look through something as, oh, I'm Republican, I gotta believe this, and I'm Democrat, and I have to believe this. If you, I think you are better off saying, screw being Democrat, screw being Republican, and just be a person, be independent, and come up with your own ideas and think in your own way, your life and everything is just going to make so much more sense and everything is going to be so much easier for you. So, yeah, yeah and and that's pretty much, I, I mean, actually, the government I wanna, is... Go I was going to add to that real quick, if it's okay, because what you just said really makes a lot of sense because today a friend of mine, who I'm pretty close with, but he is left-leaning, you know, he made a comment to me and he's like, yeah, he said, if this would have been Hillary Clinton, you all would have been all for it. He goes, but now it's Trump and you're against it. And I was like, whoa, whoa. I said, no, no, no. I said, that's not the way I stand. I was like, if Trump did do something wrong and if there is legitimate evidence, I said, we haven't been shown that yet. I was like, we were shown the evidence with Hillary Clinton. I was like, if Trump did something wrong and if the judge did see legitimate evidence to raid his Mar-a-Lago ranch or ranch, sorry, mansion, then I'll be for it. I mean, that's why the legal system is there. If you do something illegal, you should be raided. That's the way the world works. But with that being said, there is no exceptions for Nancy Pelosi and her husband's insider trading. There's no there's no exception for the Clintons and their lost emails. There are thirty three thousand lost emails, or Bill Clinton and his several marital affairs, which and Hunter Biden's laptop. Not going to forget about that one. Not going to forget about that one. We're not going to let that one slide under the radar. I mean, that's what I told him. I was like, I said, so yeah, I said, I think that at the end of the day, me and you both can agree on that. I said, unless you're more Democrat than I thought you were, and you think that Hillary should get away with a crime and you think Trump should be prosecuted for one. And then that, see the, the, the tide twisted, right? I could see the look in his eyes. And that's what I love whenever I see people's eyes, like kind of go from, I got you to, oh shit. But like, I mean, oh shit, I sound stupid. And they start to realize it. It's, 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 (laughs) it's, it's fun. It's interesting. But he did tell me, he was like, he said, no, he said, you're right. He said, I do agree with you on that. And I was like, I said, I mean, I said, that's the way I look at life. I was like, I do like Trump. If Trump runs, I'll probably most likely vote for Trump. I mean, I'm a huge DeSantis fan too. So I'll be, I'll have to really decide this year who I want to vote for. I ain't going to lie if both of them run. But I told him, I said, but you know, I said at the end of the day, if Trump did something wrong, criminal wise, he needs to be prosecuted. But Hillary, same way. Nancy Pelosi saying like, there's no exceptions like that's the problem with our system Republican or Democrat or independent it don't matter what you are the minute you say it's okay for you to get away with something illegal but it's not okay for you then we have a major issue with our legal system yeah definitely 100% and why don't we take a look at 
our government and where they're putting our money and what they're doing with it. Um, and Chris so one is going to sound a lot smarter on this, guys, because I have not read a thing on the Inflation Act. So Chris can take it away. <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually going to get into the Inflation Act after we start out with Russia and Ukraine here. Oh, okay. Um, I think that the United States is using the cause of defending and aiding Ukraine to launder money. And the reason I think that is because we have sent $5 billion to Ukraine since February 24th. This is per the U.S. Secretary of Defense website. This is per government websites. And another $2.2 billion in military aid. That's a lot of money. And, and how long? How, what is that? Four months. Five months? Four, four months? Five months. Insane. Oh, five months, yeah. Whatever it is. And I think, personally, Americans sit here and suffer with these insane inflation rates, cri- crippling debt, high price, cost of living, everything that we're in. And we're sending $5 billion over to a country to launder the money. So I don't know. I don't even know if this money is actually going to Ukraine. Is it? Is Ukraine? I mean, what is I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I got thrown under the bus years ago when I wrote a blog about the U.S. and how they reacted to Hitler and what he was doing with Germany and the and the Jews. Because I personally feel to this day that they were prolonging the war and letting him kill and torture people on purpose because they were more concerned about raising the GDP and making their dollar worth more money worldwide yep. than what it was nationwide. And well, that too. It's sickening. It's sickening. And I I honestly could see the government doing the same thing with Ukraine. Now, do I have proof of that? Obviously, no, I don't have like hardcore proof of it. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that it's worth looking into. I think that we can use logic. We can use logic. And we're going to dive into this a little bit more today and why we think that Americans sit here and suffer while the U.S. government launders money to Ukraine. Money is the reason the U.S. is warmongering. We have been warmongering ever since this whole entire thing started. Actually, we've been poking at Russia for probably four decades. Yeah. Probably more than that. I mean, I don't how long ago did we did we have did we end our last or when the USSR or whatever when all that shit went down. When was that, Tony? Uh, you remember? I think it was 70s maybe. Okay. Was it 70s? And I, I I mean, I'm, I don't want to lie, sure. but I think it was. I think it was 70s, but Okay, could be wrong, but we'll go with that. We're going to run with that. Now, (laughs) for some reason, NATO has been moving closer and closer to the Russian border. Now, am I defending Putin's invasion on Ukraine? No. But what I am saying is that I think the Western world, the United States, and everybody around wanted this to happen. They have been planning this to happen for years. And they've been waiting for it. Yeah. And, I mean, if you think about it, man, Ukraine is an interesting kind of area. You know, um, a lot of people in Ukraine are Russian. A lot of them identify as Russian. Now, why is that? Didn't it used to be a part of Russia? Part um, of Ukraine? The part that they're, yeah. the part that they're trying to... Yeah, exactly. All that was basically the USSR, from what I understand. I mean, I'm not a, a 100% familiar with that entire situation, but... Yeah, and the reason I said the '70s or '60s is because I'm thinking I'm now I'm thinking the USSR didn't dissolve until like the early '90s, but like I don't consider that when it truly dissolved. I consider like back during the Cuban Missile Crisis and 
which I'm thinking that was early sixties. Now that I'm thinking about it, not early seventies, but, um, but yeah, like I, I'm thinking of times like that during the Kennedy years, basically that after the Kennedy assassination, blah, 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 that, that kind of stuff I'm thinking is kind of when everything got dissolved as far as politically. Now I think the USSR stayed there for a while. Like I said, I think until the nineties, I think, I mean, like I said, again, I may be wrong, but somebody can go look that up and come back and, you know, cuss me out in the, in the chat. That's okay. So, (laughs) well, I think that if you take a look at history and observe things that happened over time, instead of paying attention to the media narrative on this war, you're going to see that the U.S. has been planning for this, and they wanted it to happen, as like I said before. It's all part of some plan for politicians to pocket more money from our tax revenue. That's all they're trying to do. I mean, why, and then again, why are we sending $5 billion to a country where a good portion of the population is, like, they don't support gay marriage, they don't... I mean, these people don't even align with U.S. views. Yeah. It's, it's just honestly, interesting. That's why I think that the Reagan, that's why I'm pretty sure the USSR lasted until the 90s because Reagan, I think, was one of the big hitters of the USSR because I do know that during the Reagan years, and this was before my, well, not really before my time, but I was so little I didn't know what the hell was going on. But, um, but anyways, Reagan had actually came in basically – and um, isolated, basically like the Soviet Union. He he. I mean, he drove uh, the gas prices probably were lower during his time than any other president. I, I mean, there again, I don't have any solid evidence on air here to prove that. But if you research it, I'm pretty sure I'll be proven right because he really went in there and drove them prices down because of the isolation he basically brought on the USSR. And that's kind of how the beginning of the end. During the 60s and 70s, that's whenever everything was at its peak, if I'm not mistaken. And then, of course, and that's whenever the Ukraine and all these other countries, they kind of got their free, their freedom, you know, to kind of go become their own country. And that's what I think Putin is trying to do now is trying to form the USSR again, which, Chris, if you haven't noticed, I think Sweden and Norway either have already became part of NATO or they're getting closer to becoming part of NATO. So... It looks like that's going to be less and less likely for Putin to uh, to do because if it's a NATO country, there's no way he's going to have any kind of. But I mean, hell, he can't even take over Ukraine. He's having a hard enough time with Ukraine, so I don't know what he. Well, it, I don't know seems, what he thinks. it seems like the whole world is kind of Ukraine focused more on the propaganda side of it and the media side of it. So it seems like the world's kind of kind of funding them and and, and helping them. Or what if what about this? What if Russia is just taking a cut of all the money everyone is sending to Ukraine and Ukraine just says, eh, you can shoot a few bombs over our way. Yeah, I've thought of that. I've actually thought of that myself. So, guys, uh, recently, recently we had uh, a new Mega Millions jackpot winner. And I believe it was. Yeah, I wish. (laughs) I I wish this um, was around. 1.3 1.3 billion dollars. Now the question is how much money actually goes to the jackpot winner? I'm thinking only like what? 40%? Maybe 50%, I'm assuming. I mean, I know sometimes yeah. people 
I mean, I'm just guessing. I could be wrong, which I mean, that, that's still a good chunk. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's like a lot I of would money. turn it down. I wouldn't be like, nope, nope, nope. I no, yeah, thing, of course. I don't want it at all. But it's uh, a lot of money. But I don't understand why in the hell. So we buy these tickets, right? And they're taxed. So you get taxed when you're buying a lottery ticket, and you get taxed when you win. Just like exactly. you get, you, like if I inherited land from my family. I'm going to get taxed if I sell that land. Now, in that case, and I don't know, you may want to check because I mean, I'm sure you already have, but I do want to intervene there because, and I know this firsthand because of where my dad passed away in January and he had quite a bit and um, we didn't know, but in order to, in, in, in West Virginia and Ohio, not in about uh, Nebraska, um, your net, oh no, not net worth. I'm sorry, guys. The total value has to exceed eleven million dollars or more for the state to actually charge any kind of taxes on it. So there is a there is a cap on that. So um, if you know if you're ever in a situation where you do inherit something before somebody tells you you have to pay taxes, make sure you research the tax laws that they're telling you accurately because. That's not always the case in some states. And I'm not saying in Nebraska, because so, I know some people who listen to this obviously are living in different states. So just check your state laws. But yeah, West Virginia, Ohio, you don't have to. Now, Ohio, what was the cap? Was it? Uh, I don't know. But yeah, we found out. I mean, it was pretty interesting. So, And if you have yeah. a property that exceeds that, then like in our case, you know, you pay taxes just on like 11 million of that is free money. So say, for instance, your total properties are $230 million. Well, you're going to pay taxes on taxes. I almost said Texas. <laughs> you're going to pay taxes on everything excluding $11 million. So you get to deduct the $11 million out, put it in you know, whatever, your account, bank account, whatever you want to do with it, um, and then not pay any taxes on it. But anything over that, of course, you do have to pay taxes on. So Yeah. And like I said, I mean... All this money that I mentioned being sent to Ukraine earlier, all this money that's going into the Inflation Reduction Act, which we're going to get into here in a second. Um, I don't know how I feel about the government laundering money in the cause of defending a country that's apparently in need for something. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't feel it doesn't sit too, too, too right with me. Well, I mean, it's always been known, too, that countries make the most money when they're at war. And I think that's why the United States really loved whenever Ukraine and Russia went to war. I think I think that I think the politicians loved it, even though they try to make out like they don't. I mean, you typically do make more money during war, but for the countries that is. But the people inside of them countries, and we're not even the one in the damn war, but we're suffering now because one, we have a dumbass president, but two, we got so involved with this war that we basically are in the war. I mean, we got a lot of money tied up in this war, and we're not even we're not even the ones, you know, at war. So yeah, it's it's kind of it's rather it's a little bit different of a move. I mean, a lot of people's asked me, you know, you know, they try to say, well, what do you think the difference between this and Afghanistan or, you know, Saudi Arabia or any of them was? Well, there's a big difference. I mean, Saudi Arabia with Saddam Hussein and I mean Iraq. I'm sorry, Iraq. Iraq with Saddam Hussein and Afghanistan with Osama bin Laden. That was our war. That was our war, guys. We were over there fighting for what we thought was, you know. A, a oh, we're over cause. there country building. We're over there nation building. Yeah. 
this right here, we're not. I, I think we have troops on the ground across the border, but I don't think we have any troops actually physically fighting against Russia. I'm pretty sure we don't. And we should Unless, not. We we better not. And if we yeah. did, I would I would have a little bit of an issue with that. I yeah, think it's I a waste too. of American lives and a waste of American resources. Already, yeah. I think sending money there was a waste of American resources. But yeah. What am I? I'm and, just a, and early on. I was a firm believer in doing it. Now, of course, the longer it's gone on, I think that because I mean, I always get people the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, I know if I was president, I would be honest with the American people. So I expect the politicians and the presidents to be honest with us. But I don't the more this goes on. I mean, I've thought for probably the last month now internally, I've never I don't think said it on here or anywhere else. But I've kind of in the back of my mind, I'm like, eh, I don't know if something may be almost the same kind of feeling I had with Celsius. <laughs> um, but, you know, you just kind of sense that something isn't right. Like that, something like they're telling you one thing, but something else, you feel like something else is happening. And that, I kind of exactly. started getting that feeling whenever we continue to pass bill after bill, giving them more and more money. And I thought, this is a little different. I, I was all for the first bill and even the second bill. Cause you know, in my opinion, I was looking at it as, you know, we, there is people dying over there. I think that's a given, you know, there obviously is some type of war going on because you can see the explosions, you can see the destruction. I mean, these, this is coming from Snapchat videos and all this. So it's not, it's not doctored, you know, media from CNN. I mean, it's, it is legit, but then, you know, of course it goes on for a month and then two months and then three months. And you really don't see what the thing that stuck out to me about a month ago, two months ago, is I was not hearing any more major updates from major media outlets like CNN, Fox News or any of them. And that's whenever I was like, hey, in all the years past that I've ever witnessed any types of war, whether it be Desert Storm, Afghanistan, Iraq, any of them, which that's all basically Desert Storm too. But you know what I'm saying? Like you... You had that. That was the talk of the news. That was the that was what the media was about. They were about covering the progression of it. You know what was going on. You know they were covering deep diving into the stories that was coming out of that area. And you don't see that on the news. And for the last month, it's kind of really. Well, actually, last two months almost now, it's kind of really faded away from that. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> something just isn't sitting right with me. I'm just like, uh, what's going on? I mean, because when you go to war, you go to war, guys. You don't go over there and just pat somebody on the back after you blow somebody up and then walk away. So I don't know what the hell's going on, but I don't feel like that. I feel like it's more being more orchestrated than an actual war. Yeah, 100%. And I, I, like I said earlier, I think Ukraine is focusing more on the propaganda side of it and how the whole world views it rather than what's actually going on in their actual country. But then again, I'm not in Ukraine. I don't, I, I barely even knew you, I knew Ukraine existed, but I barely even knew they existed before all this crap. So, yeah, you know, whatever from there. And speaking of, as we've been talking is tax revenue and the government, what they do with our money and all that. That's where the Inflation Reduction Act is going to come in here. And I kind of just want to run over some of the stuff with you, Tony, and just kind of see what you think. Because... I'm sure that you of all people can can say that you could read part of this bill and you'd probably agree with some of the things in there, right? Oh, yeah. You'd say? Oh, me too, exactly. This is a 755-page yeah. bill. So I'd probably agree with at least one or two pages of it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't really go into what they're going to do with the money. I went into more of where they're going to put the money. So, 
the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, according to them, is going to make a historic down payment on the deficit reduction to fight inflation. Uh, so they're going to be making investments in domestic energy production. But here's the kicker. Reducing carbon emissions by 40% by 2030. Now, I don't know much about that, but I can tell you that I think reducing carbon emissions at a significantly fast rate is going to affect inflation in a not-so-positive way. It will. Uh, it will, definitely. So, according to here, the total amount of revenue they've raised is $739 billion. And $313 billion of that came from a 15% corporate minimum tax rate, prescription drug pricing reform, IRS tax enforcement, and the carried interest loophole I think being eliminated. And I think that's what they're planning on doing is to enforce that more. Now, the investments they plan on making is about $433 billion. $369 billion to energy security and climate change. And the Affordable Care Act extension, which is $64 billion. Leaving $300 billion left. Wow. Well, I do want to say one thing. I do want to say, because I've gotten a lot of DMs myself, so and I know people listening, is probably the biggest one out of all the ones you named is the IRS Enforcement Act. And I me mean, personally, I think if you make under four, there, there's been a lot of chit-chatter online. Obviously, first off, guys, they're not just going after billionaires. And I'm not going to lie to you. They're not just going after the multi-multi-millionaires. I do, however, believe that the threshold is going to be anybody in the $400,000 range and up because, and the reason I say that is because once you get below that $400,000 a year, not, not, and I'm not trying to be any certain way here because I know that most people who listen to us probably don't make $400,000 a year, you really aren't worth their time. I mean, even if you're cheating and you're not paying none in taxes, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not promoting that you should tax evade, by the way, <laughs> but I'm saying like, you're not worth their time, but for the research, like they're going after That'll be the people. title of this episode. Tony encourages tax evasion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you make under $400,000, Tony said, don't pay any taxes there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I honestly do think that 400 with the numbers given to me and with the numbers that me and my team is like looked at, I think personally, like, and maybe 300, maybe 300, but I, I think it's going to be closer to the 400,000 mark, anybody 400,000 and over, uh, because they're hiring between 80 and 85,000, I think maybe 87,000, somewhere in that neighborhood of new IRS agents. Well, and I, that's great. Everybody's kind of panicking. They're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I didn't pay taxes on my OnlyFans account. You know, if you're listening to this and you have an OnlyFans account, get a life, okay, first off. Second off, I don't think they're really going to care about your OnlyFans account. I mean, unless you're making $400 million a year off of it. I don't think they give a shit. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to be looking for the heavy hitters. They're going to be looking for – and when I, when I say heavy hitters, yes, billionaires are heavy hitters. But what people don't understand is, is billionaires have many, many accountants that work for them. Them accountants have licenses that they have worked their ass off of in college to get a degree to be able to practice to be a certified public accountant. They don't want to lose that. Trust me. They don't want to lose that. So most of your CPAs are yeah. going to probably make sure their shit is straight. 
Um, that's that's what they should do, and I think that. Um, I mean, in this bill, it, it mentions a lot of things that I definitely agree with. Uh, they're going to be spending around eighty billion dollars over the next ten years for tax enforcement and compliance. Got to put it somewhere. So. Yeah. I guess that's going to be a good investment to make. I mean, I could break this down for you guys, but I'm also going to include a link with a document that you guys can view this uh, yourselves. And it kind of goes back to what you just said, too. I mean, because $80 billion is a lot of money, but you also got to remember that if they're going to pay out $80 billion for that specific cause, then in their mind, they're going to make that back and then some because you don't spend that much money without making that much money. So, yep. and that, that's just coming from business 101 over here. I mean, that's just the way I feel about it. So in my mind, why are they going to go after Sally Sue, who works at Walmart as a cashier who forgot to file taxes on her 401k that's got $2,000 in it? They probably ain't going to give two shits about that because if they spend all that money trying to go after people like that, not only are they wasting $80 billion, they're not going to make that $80 billion back. I got news for them because Sally Sue is never going to be worth $80 billion. Right, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> so that's why and the four hundred thousand dollar mark is the kind of the key for me, Chris. I think I think anybody yep. four hundred thousand more a year. Well, and that's that's this bill does mention that. You're right, Tony. That is exactly uh, the number. Uh, they also want to impose a fifteen percent four hundred thousand dollars a year is apparently not to be affected. But I think. This whole oh. we'll get into that here in a second. Um, I really did not read that, just so everybody knows, because that's why yeah. I said three hundred thousand maybe. So three hundred thousand is wrong, exactly. Guys, so. I, Tony, you got that. You got that spot on. Um, there awesome. okay. actually it says here per quote in the bill, there are no new taxes on families making four hundred thousand or less, and no new taxes on small business. We are closing tax loopholes and enforcing tax code. Oh, okay. Well, awesome. So I agree with that, 100%. I should have just shut the hell up and let Chris read the thing then. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. You're good, man. That was, that was great. Uh, so they also want to impose a 15% corporate minimum tax. The current statutory corporate tax rate is 21%. Apparently, about 200 of the most large corporations use tax loopholes to avoid paying that rate and actually pay below 15%. Now, apparently this bill would make it so they cannot do that and they will have to pay over 15%. And this is for companies that have process uh, profits that are higher than $1 billion. So that excludes Walmart and Target, right? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Definitely not. That would include them, I'd say. Um, yeah, no, it would. It would. <laughs> And I'm actually for that. I've been a big, fa I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I think that the the wealthy should pay more. I think I said that in our group chat today, Chris. I mean, I think the wealthy should pay more. I mean, there is, and I just want to say that real quick too, because everybody keeps saying, well, the 87,000 agents, they're coming after the billionaires. And again, the billionaires have CPAs, guys. But here's the thing I do disagree with is there is so many loopholes, just like what's stated in this bill, that they pay these CPAs damn good prices to find them, which in return does save them from paying billions and billions of dollars a year in taxes. So it's not that they're cheating the government. They're not cheating nobody. They're doing it legally. So don't get it twisted. You know, don't think, okay, well, they're cheating the government because, you know, Chris and Tony done yeah. said so. Like, no, right now it's legal. That's what Chris is talking about. They're wanting to close them loopholes to make them pay that 15%. And I think that's totally fair. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. 
And I actually, I'm not against all tax loopholes. Let's not get rid of all tax loopholes because some of them do help middle-class Americans. So we're going to keep, we want to keep those ones. We want to take out the ones that are helping and benefiting the billionaires. That's the goal. Now, according to polling data, nearly three quarters of Americans believe that the IRS should conduct more tax audits on large corporations and millionaires. And I'd want to take it a step further. I think the IRS needs to be audited. In other words, the IRS needs to be audited by the IRS because who the fuck else is going to do it? But that's and that's I'll take another it even thing. a step further than that and I'm actually a big fan of this and I've and if I ever ran for office I'd be completely compliant with it if that was the case I think all federal government politicians so all your house representatives all your US senators the president the vice president I think they need to be audited at least once a year every single year they should be audited for all their incomes and people say that's a little extreme. That's not. That's not hard to do. Not hard. I'll to come do out and all. say it. That's also not on the bill. That's also not on the bill. Just so you guys exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Of course it's of course not. It's of not. course it's not. Exactly. There's a lot of criminals in D.C. and there may be even a lot of criminals in the White House. And I don't care if people like hearing that or not. And I'm not saying that Trump wasn't even one. I'm just saying that. I've been around a few politicians in my lifetime, and I know for a fact that there is a good majority of them who cheat the system, a.k.a. look at Nancy Pelosi, giving information to her husband so he can basically insider trade, but it's considered legal because, you know, he doesn't work for the government, but she does. I mean, it's yeah, still no, insider it's, information. It's, it's completely insider information. Another part yeah. that this bill focuses on is Medicare. Uh, it's going to be giving Medicare more power to negotiate the prices of prescription drugs. Oh, that's good. I like that. I do like that. Uh, on top of that, it also caps Medicare patients on out-of-pocket costs at $2,000 a year. Pretty cool. Um, it also is going to sure require... I'm not that one. I'm not sure how they are going to... Do uh, that? Uh, right. The Tax the patient $2,000 a year? Uh, caps Medicare patients' out-of-pocket costs at $2,000 per year with the option to break that amount into affordable monthly payments. Yeah, that's going to be a little bit because a lot of your people who's getting Medicare are people who obviously are much, much older and they are probably struggling paycheck to paycheck, especially right now with inflation being as high as it is. So that's a little different. I mean, I don't know why they would actually go after Medicare people. And you got to think, too. I mean, whenever you're 65 or older, your hospitalizations and you getting sick and having to go to the doctor definitely increases. I mean, there's a lot more older people going to the doctor than there is 20-year-olds. So, I mean, I don't know. That, that's kind of different. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, that's fine. Yeah, you're good, man. You're good. Um, so, also, um, you're going to hear this word mentioned a lot in there is rebate. Um, Tony, do you know a little, uh, anything or a little bit about rebate or what that term means exactly? As far as in general, like in retail and everything, or you mean as far as not in retail, more as in if you're getting rebate from the government on something. Oh, no, honestly, I don't really know much about stuff like that, Chris. I'm not going to lie. No, yeah, and I don't either. So that's why I asked you so we could see. (laughs) Um, So also, this is going to require. (laughs) Yeah, damn it. That's another. But uh, it's going to require drug companies uh, to rebate back the difference to Medicare if they raise prices higher than inflation on prescription drugs. Um, so I believe that means that 
they give people on Medicare a better deal. Rebate, I think, is they give them money that they had to spend somewhere else. I think, I think that's that's kind of a, in the simple terms of what it is. I could be wrong. Call me out if I am. But um, they're also going to be providing free vaccines for seniors. So this bill finally makes all vaccines free in Medicare for seniors. And it's yeah. apparently they're the only population where vaccines were not free. So you know, I don't know about that. But another thing that's is insane. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess. That's interesting, right? Uh, the next thing is they're going to be trying to lower consumer energy costs. Um, and it's just a matter of investing a bunch of money in places. $9 billion in consumer home energy rebate programs. 10 years of consumer tax credits to make homes more efficient and run on clean energy, heat pumps, solar energy, electric HVAC, water heaters, all that kind of stuff. They want to make it more affordable and cheaper, I guess. Um... Let's see. We got $10 billion investment tax credit to build clean technology manufacturing facilities, um, like facilities that make electric vehicles, wind turbines, and solar panels. Oh, there you go. We can get into those. We're going to be back up there with Elon. Yeah. We can get into (laughs) these. Um, Go to California, and, I mean, that state can barely have enough water, let alone enough power. Now, do we have ways to provide clean energy in a mass to to provide clean energy to a large population of people we just don't we aren't able to do it well not only that too we're not the main cause of that problem i mean and that's what a lot of people keep trying to argue i mean i'm i'll be the first to say that i if the whole world would be on board with this i'd be on board we aren't even in the top 10 Tony, we're not we're even not, in the top yeah. 10. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think we're in top 20, are we? Countries? I think we're in the top 20. I think okay. we're around 15 or 12. Last okay, time I, I checked, I, I, I could I be wrong. Remember. But yeah, yeah I, thought, but, I, I, I think China's first, aren't they? Ain't China number one? Well, yeah, and that's because China is the freaking world's factory, and we keep on outsourcing everything to China, and everyone's like, oh, let's cut our emission, our carbon footprint, but keep on buying everything from these places and doing this. It, it, it doesn't make exactly. sense. You're literally, and Josh has said this in the past. You are just outsourcing your labor and you're taking your pollution and sending it somewhere else. So yeah. why don't we spread it out? I think we need to bring back these things to the U.S. and bring back factories and make more shit. But well, that's my just thing me. Is, my thing is, too, is... You know, you you accomplish a lot more too with bringing stuff back to the United States. You create a sense of independence because right now we have a lot of things that we are dependent upon for China, and some of them things are really really a big deal. I mean, a lot of our medicines, a lot of our pharmaceuticals come from China. Um, I mean, so I mean that's just one industry right there. I mean, you you could go down the. I mean, you look at the automotive automotive industry. I mean, if you took away China. And did away with your relationships with China, you we would have no cars. Every car in this country has at least probably fifty parts on it made in China. Like, so oh yeah, and, and you guys like, wait until China invades Taiwan and we can't get computers anymore because we already have a shortage of computer chips for everything. Um, yeah. But again, another side point. Um, <laughs> as I go down the list of where this money is kind of going. I can agree, like I said, with some of these things, but it sounds more and more like a Democratic 
green new deal green energy clean bolt like just bullshit and it is yeah should we be throwing let me go back to the number here because i don't even remember what i said earlier should we be throwing 369 billion dollars into clean energy personally i don't think so should we invest in clean energy yes but i think we should invest in the development of clean energy not the Let's go put everybody's houses on solar panels so now no one has power and we have a power outage every every 24 hours. That, that's It's just yeah. not realistic. It's not realistic to say, okay, we're going to cut our emissions in half by this time. Because we can't. We can't do that. Well, it, and like I said, happen. like, man, you just talked about, I mean, until we get other countries on board, Chris, the footprint is so small that it's not going to have any impact worldwide. And that's what we're looking for here. I mean, pollution is not just a United States thing. I think that people forget that sometimes. It is a world thing. It is a world problem. I mean, climate and that kind of issue is not... Now, a lot of issues, yeah, we can fix here at home, and they will stay here at home. But when it comes to world issues, such as climate change and climate control, it takes the world to change it. I mean, you can sit here and you can put a little fancy document in front of all the kids in college and all the politicians in Washington, D.C., and it can be really nice and pretty on the outside and have climate change, the way of the future, or whatever you want to put on there. But the bottom, at the end of the day, bottom line is, is nothing is going to benefit the world by just one country switching. And I know in their mind, yeah. they're probably going to say, they're probably going to come back and say, well, yeah, but we can lead the way. Well, that's fine. I'm all about leadership. I mean, that's what I've done my whole damn life. I, under, I understand leadership, but I also understand that in order to lead, you have to have people willing to follow as well. And right now, yeah, I don't see a lot no of countries. No one wants to follow the U.S. <laughs> yeah, right now, I'm not uh, seeing that willingness. <laughs> so <laughs> Nope, not at all. You're right. No, Tony, you're right. We're not very highly regarded around the world. As much as people might think we are, um, Americans are looked at as stupid. Americans are looked at as fat. Americans are looked at as lazy, uh, ungrateful, and all of these things across the world, man. And it's sad because there's plenty of people here who are the exact opposite of all those things that I listed. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Now. They're all Republicans, but yeah, you're right. Maybe they are. (laughs) And what I want to mention is, like I said earlier, is they put the word rebate in here a lot now I think there's got to be something to do with the government being able to get something out of this I mean I don't think they're doing this out of the kindness of their heart like oh we're going to give you we're going to give you this and this and this I mean these are things that people don't know much about and no one is going to take the time out of their day to read a 755 page article I tried guys I tried to do that today and I, I wanted to pull my hair out because of how it's worded you can't you can't read a freaking bill it's unless you have a law degree it's it's damn near impossible we need to get Ben Shapiro on the show yeah maybe we should maybe we should <laughs> but yeah man I mean pretty much it's just 20 billion to support climate smart agriculture practices, 1 billion for clean heavy duty vehicles, um, another 2.6 billion dollars in grants to conserve the, and restore coastal habitats and protect communities that depend on those habitats and w- what the hell does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> what 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 is this? I want to see I want to see what you're doing. You're going to take 2 billion dollars and do that, but I want to see what. 
I want to see the steps you're taking. I want to see what is actually going to be enacted from investing that money. I don't care the amount of money. I want to, I want to see results and action. There, this is just, to me, seems like a big, a big piece of paper that is wasting a bunch of money. Yeah, I agree. That's what yep. it seems like to me. I think that that's that is my take on the Inflation Reduction Act. I like I said, I agree with some of the things on here, but a lot of the things I think this needs to be this needs to be looked at again. And don't say that I I don't support reducing inflation because I think that's probably the biggest issue right now in this country is the crippling inflation that's happening to everybody and the cost of living. And everything. So, well, I mean, everything you just read to me, I don't really see it reducing inflation. And if it does, we're talking literally years from now. Um, how the which, hell? I, I, exactly. It, I don't. Any of this that I read, I, except for the stuff in the beginning. But as we get farther and farther into this, it starts to become less and less about inflation and more and more like a democratic green energy agenda. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to I know and we didn't say it on air, but it was a group chat thing, and you know me and Josh, you know we we debate sometimes too, obviously off off air, and I had mentioned stimulus checks versus uh, bailouts for companies that happened back in two thousand eight under the Obama administration, like GM, Chrysler, and them, and you know it kind of goes back to that. This bill, in relation to that, this bill addresses all the stupid shit. That isn't going to have no impact right now directly. It's a lot like stimulus checks. Stimulus checks was probably the most overhyped piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, billions of dollars wasted. And people say, well, you know, and this is what me and Josh got into it over, you know, and I know Josh ain't here to defend himself, so I'll just tell you my side. But I'm just saying, like, the bailouts were a good thing. The bailouts is not the same thing as stimulus checks. It's not communism, blah, 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 whatever people want to paint it. Whenever you are a government and you see corporations that employ thousands and thousands and in some cases hundreds of thousands like gm does across the nation and you see them getting ready or on the teeter point of getting ready to say we're out guys as a government and you your job is to run your country remember that guys a bailout is sometimes needed to maintain your economic needs and that's a smart investment what is not a smart investment, however, is sitting around and saying, well, people who are in unemployment should get an extra $600 a week, even though they can survive off what they're already making on unemployment, just because we want them to feel more comfortable during COVID. And that is stupid shit, because everybody right now, how many, how many people do you know still have their stimulus checks? How many people truly invested that money? into a 401k, into crypto, into stocks or anything. I bet you 99% of the people listening to this don't know one damn person who took any extra funds that they made out of all this, you know, bullshit two years we've had and invested it. Guess what, guys? Whenever a company is bailed out like GM, guess who's still around today employing hundreds of thousands of people? GM. Guess who's still around today uh, with hundreds of thousands of employees employing Chrysler, Ford? And that's what happens when American Airlines, American Airlines, the, the, the whole airline industry, some of them got bailouts. So that's the difference. Whenever you actually give money to somebody who is responsible enough to invest it properly and maintain their level of interest 
and be able to employ and continue to employ. And on top of that, continue to grow because GM came back and GM is now starting to come back again. Ford is coming back even stronger. They are saying that Ford electric vehicles may surpass Tesla. So nobody's going to ever tell me that it's the same damn thing. It's not the same damn thing. Stimulus checks was a waste of shit. That's all it was. Waste of shit. People set at home watching Netflix, got their extra twelve hundred dollars, went out and bought them an iPhone, or went out and bought them a new laptop so they could watch more Netflix, and that was it. That's where the money started, and that's where the money stopped. So, to me, that is one of the poorest investments you could ever make into your economy. One of the poorest yeah. investments. Yeah, and, and um, so I guess. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, to me, the two ain't the same. And I'm relating that back to this climate change. Like anything that Chris just said, everything that Chris just said, I meant to say, sorry. I don't really hear anything that affects the economy now. Like we're talking, well, this is going to do so good by the year 2030. Well, who gives a shit? 2030 is still eight years away. I mean, exactly. You know, so, mode of the story is we need to make investments that bring solutions now. Exactly. 100%. We need to help people now. I don't give a shit about helping people 10 years down the road. And this, this sounds bad. Whatever, you take it how you want. We need to do things now. Yeah. That's that's and, what and I'm going to leave you guys with. That's that's all. That's yeah. that's pretty much all I have. Tony, if you have anything else to add, go ahead and um, go ahead and throw it in. The only thing I do that is, you know, what building not building off what Chris just said, guys, is to give you an example of I think what Chris is saying and what I'm saying is rather than investing in a plan that's going to be good eight years from now in 2030 when it's fully affected so-called electric vehicle market or whatever you want to call it i mean why not focus and take that money take that 300 400 billion dollars they're talking about spending and look at these companies doing mass layoffs that are literally your economy now i'm all about the economy in 2030 that's great that's humpty dory that's great let's focus on it too but right now we have literally hundreds of thousands actually millions of americans that are suffering from the cost of inflation. And our answer to that is, well, let's pour billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars into a plan that we will eventually see the results of maybe eight years from now in 2030. That's their plan not a is plan to get me. an EV. That's their plan. That's what they <laughs> yeah. tell you. <laughs> yeah, Guys, I can't buy plan. food this week. Don't worry. Get an electric vehicle. You'll be fine. The economy exactly. will be better. I guess Man, that's their way whatever. of handling the obesity problem. <laughs> People will yeah, you know, I guess. But before I get worked up and start going on a rant again, that's not your typical twist. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And um, that's it from me. See you guys. Yeah, later, guys. Well, that wasn't your typical podcast. But it sure was mind-boggling. Make sure to check out our website at typicaltwist.com for more information and twists. Catch you next time on Typical Twist.